This is Africa News Tonight on The Voice of America. Hello and welcome. Welcome to VOA Africa. Thank you for joining us. I'm Yehiyas Wuhib in Washington. Here's what's coming up on Africa News Tonight. It is quite a tight race in terms of offering any meaningful solution to the country, Nigeria, which has been engulfed in terms of instabilities, in terms of security, and as well as the infighting between the North and the South. That's Dr. Charles Sinkala, an independent expert on African affairs on the upcoming Nigerian elections. Details coming up. Also, the head of the European Trade Union Confederation left Tunisia before being expelled. Ghana soccer star's body, recovered in the rubble from Turkey's quake, has come home. And former U.S. President Jimmy Carter is receiving hospice care at home. These stories and more on African News Tonight. We start with our top story. Some analysts say an atmosphere of instability and dissatisfaction will hang over the general election in Nigeria next Saturday. Africa's most populous country is currently being buffeted by by multiple crises, including unemployment, insecurity and inflation. The country is a major oil producer, yet four out of ten Nigerians live below the poverty line, according to the World Bank. Darren Taylor reports. The latest crisis is a shortage of cash, with rioters attacking banks and ATMs and blocking roads in major cities. Independent expert on African affairs Dr. Charles Sinkala was in Nigeria two weeks ago. He describes his visit as chaotic, with the country's financial services in turmoil. It has been estimated that uh, due to fraud which are happening especially in Abuja and Lagos, the two major cities, has exacerbated uh, for the shortages of the cash within that country. And as well as the, the economical hardships to make sure that uh, the finances that are available to each and every Nigerian increase in the population has actually not been met with the increase in the financial services and, uh, you know, whatever that comes. Sinkala, who's also a constitutional lawyer, says the election's likely to be a shootout between three candidates. 70-year-old Bola Ahmed Tinubu is standing for the governing all-progressive Congress party. He's a very influential politician, but has also been accused of corruption, which he denies. Then there's 76-year-old Atiku Abubakar, of the main opposition People's Democratic Party. He's contested the presidency five times before, losing each time. Abu Bakar served as President Ulusugan Obasanjo's deputy, but is also mired in allegations of corruption, which he also dismisses. Sinkala says during his visit to Nigeria, he felt a lot of enthusiasm around the candidacy of Labour Party outsider, 61-year-old Peter Obi. He says it was obvious a lot of youth support Obi. It is quite a tight race in terms of offering any meaningful solution to the country, Nigeria, which has been engulfed in terms of instabilities, in terms of security, and as well as the infighting between the North and the South from those who are Muslims from the northern part of Nigeria as compared to uh, the Christians in the southern part of Nigeria. He says it's all very well for the politicians to promise jobs and safety, but the reality is it's very difficult 
even in the best of times, to deliver good services and livelihoods to 220 million people. That's why so many Nigerians are living abroad, says Sinkala. The population in Nigeria has been a concern for many years. You can see what is happening there in South Africa and as well as here in Zambia, Malawi, including the United States of America and Europe. The competition for them to have a fair deal or a stake in Nigeria has always been a challenge. The analyst says outgoing President Muhammadu Buhari has made valuable moves to combat violent extremism. But in reality, this threat continues to grow, especially in the north. Kidnapping for ransom is also rife in Nigeria, says Sinkala, as well as mass shootings. He says both Tinubu and Abu Bakar have been part of previous governments that failed to end the violence. As far as Sinkala is concerned, Obi is the only candidate not tainted in this regard. But he takes a cynical view about how a potential 93 million strong voter bloc will go about its business next Saturday. Elections are not viewed in terms of the policies or who would bring the good policies to address the issues. I think elections now are the point where now young people are voting for those who are giving their money on the date of the elections rather than looking at the critical aspects or elements of the politics. Whoever wins, says Sinkala, if he's serious about fixing crises such as unemployment and terrorism, is going to have one of the toughest jobs in the world. For VOA News, I'm Darren Taylor in Johannesburg. Nigerians are expressing optimism that Saturday's presidential election will be peaceful, transparent and credible. This as the 18 presidential candidates round up their campaigns for the poll. Key among many concerns of Nigerians, including the shortage of newly released currency, economic challenges, growing insecurity and fuel shortage. Some political analysts say the voter apathy that has characterized many Nigeria elections appear to be waning in this presidential vote. They also say social media platforms, where the youth mostly express themselves, appear to have played a key role in encouraging younger adults to participate in the elections. VOA's Peter Cloti, on a special assignment to cover the Nigeria elections, went into the streets of the capital, Abuja, to get views from citizens ahead of the elections. Okay, I'm expecting a free and fair election. I'm expecting a peaceful election. And I'm also expecting everybody to come out to vote and to do it peacefully. Has the Electoral Commission given you confidence that the elections will be free, fair, transparent and credible and smooth? Well, I believe they are doing their best to give us uh, a free and fair election. And until they have been given a chance to actually do that, then we cannot be able to, we can't judge them on what either they do it right or they do it or it's not good enough it's until they have done it then we say okay you should have done better i think i just believe they're doing their best you've seen the campaigns of all the political parties 18 of them yeah, sure. uh, what are your views about how they are campaigning uh so far it has been interesting and um, uh, we have seen a lot of uh, tribalistic uh, things go around but at the end of the day, I, I think um, 
the best man will win. So have some of these political parties and their presidential candidate addressed some of the things you want them to address? Were you to give them your vote to become the next president? Um, in that area, I think, yes, few of them have uh, spoken. And another thing is that, like, elections will come. People will come and promise and they will do this, they will do that. And so far, so good. Apart from favor, let's, let's not go to favority, uh, favoritism and all that. But I think a lot of them will not uh, let go of all their plans. I think they will just give us a uh, few of what they can do. And about, so far, so good. I think I've seen quite a few people that has really piqued my interest. Like, I think these people actually know what, if they get they know what they know what to do. That was a Nigerian voter, Adebayo Johnson, speaking with VOA's Peter Cloti in Abuja. A court in Nigeria has dismissed a lawsuit that sought to allow Nigerians to vote outside the country in the February 25th election for president. The ruling means millions of Nigerians living abroad will have to return if they want to exercise their democratic right. Nigerians abroad contribute billions of dollars a year to the economy through remittances and supporters say the constitution should be amended so they can vote. In Kei, Chile, it reports from Akragana. The court dismissed the lawsuit citing the constitution, which states that only registered voters residing in Nigeria have the right to vote. The lawsuit by two Nigerians living in Britain sought to halt the February 25 election until millions of diaspora voters were included. The government in 2017 estimated 17 million Nigerians live abroad, though not all of them are 18, the legal age to vote. The court's ruling February 15 agreed that Nigerian diaspora should be able to vote, but that it was for the lawmakers to decide, not the courts. Nigerians living abroad had hoped to cast their ballots for president at Nigerian embassies and consulates. Nigerian Patson Mbimoji is a music programmer living in Britain who spoke to VOA via Zoom. I feel sad. I would, I would really love to cast my vote and, you know, vote for my own preferred candidate because it's a very crucial election and um, Nigeria is at the tipping point where we need to actually get um, the leadership rights going forward. There are 18 candidates running for president in Nigeria's election Saturday. The front runners are former Vice President Atiku Abubakar, former Lagos State Governor Abola Ahmed Tinumbu, and former Anambra State Governor Peter Obi. Nigerians living outside the country can still vote, but only if they have a Nigerian address and fly home to cast their ballot, which most cannot afford. The Abuja-based Nigerians in Diaspora Commission says Nigerians abroad sent more than $20 billion back home in 2021, the highest in sub-Saharan Africa. Despite their contribution to Nigeria's growth, Diaspora have struggled to get support for voting from abroad. Nigerian lawmakers a year ago voted against the bill to allow Diaspora voting. Nigerian human rights lawyer and founder of social justice group Citizen Gavo, Nelson Olanipekun, spoke to VOA via a messaging application. Those in Diaspora... Uh, cannot be easily influenced by Nigerian politicians. And that seems like a possible excuse or rationale why the politicians refuse to amend the law to allow that provision. Olani Peku says Nigerians abroad should be able to vote for their leaders because their government affects them wherever they are. Festuk Sukoye is the chairman of Nigeria's Information and Voters' Education Committee of the Independent National Electoral Commission. He spoke to VOA via a messaging application. The position of the commission has been very uh, clear and consistent. 
the commission supports diaspora voting. But we made it very clear that diaspora voting cannot take place uh, within the existing uh, electoral legal framework. One of the plaintiffs of the failed lawsuit for diaspora voting, Kenneth Nkemanacho, posted on Facebook that they would appeal the case. Neka Chile for VOA News, Accra, Ghana. The head of the European Trade Union Confederation left Tunisia on Sunday, one day after President Kai Saeed ordered her expulsion. Saeed said Esther Lynch has made statements that interfered with Tunisian internal affairs during a Saturday protest in the port city of Esfax. The Associated Press says the demonstration was organized by Tunisia's General Labor Union, UGTT, to protest the president's crackdown on political opponents and critics in the media, judiciary, business community and trade unions. Lynch called for the release of union leader Anis Kaabi, who was arrested by security forces last month, and for the government to negotiate with the UGTT to improve the economy. The European Trade Union Confederation says the treatment of Lynch is part of Saeed's campaign of intimidation and harassment against trade unions, including the arrests, sacking of union officials and malicious lawsuits. You're listening to African News Tonight on The Voice of America. Two UK tea manufacturers are facing accusations of sexual abuse on plantations in Kenya, according to an undercover investigation by the BBC. An article on the broadcaster's website says more than 70 women on tea farms owned by tea group James Fenley and Company and formerly by the Unilever say they were abused by their supervisors. According to the French news agency AFP, the victims say they'd lose their jobs if they did not give in to demands. One was infected with HIV by her supervisor. Secret filming also showed that local bosses tried to pressure an undercover BBC reporter for sex. The chief executive of Lipton Teas and Infusions told AFP it will take urgent action pending a full investigation and has already suspended the managers cited in the allegations. James Finley and company did not respond to requests for comment. The remains of Ghana's soccer star Christian Achu arrived in Accra yesterday. The body of the Hatay Sports player was recovered from under the rubble of his apartment in Turkey, according to Ghana's Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Achu represented his country 65 times, helping the Black Stars reach the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations final. He also played in the Saudi Pro League for Al Riyad FC and represented several English clubs, including Chelsea, Everton, Bournemouth, and Newcastle. For the latest on the football heroes' remains arriving in Ghana, I talked with Kevin Awusu Ansa, a sportscaster at TV3 in Accra. On Sunday, um, 7:30 p.m. Ghana time, his mortal remains was brought back to Ghana with. Um, 
alongside um, his twin sister and then his elder brother, who are accompanied by Ghana's ambassador to Turkey, Honorable Francis Kashi Todunton, in a Turkish air flight. It was welcome. He was welcomed by a high power delegation led by the vice president of Ghana, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, as well as the Minister of Information, Kajopon Kumar. And then um, there was one other member of um, the team that is the Deputy Minister of Sport, um, Honorable Ivan Supukububie, the family of Christian Achu, that is his extended family here, as well as some supporters from the Ghana Supporters Union and the media to receive his body. A short ceremony of prayer uh, was um, held um, by the Islamic uh, and as well as the Christian community before the military had to file past the body and then put back into the ambulance. A short speech of the vice president uh, commending that is the military uh, for their efforts and also promising that Christian choose final funeral rites and burial will be taken care of by the state and uh, they are going to provide every support as he finally expresses condolences. Also, the Ghana Football Association was duly represented by the General Secretary, Prosper Harrison Addo, who also expressed his condolences and then made it clear that they will provide all the needed support to make sure that uh, Christian Atu has a very sound uh, rest uh, with his final funeral has been well taken care of. And uh, Kevin uh, Atsu represented his country 65 times, helping the Black Stars reach the 2015 Africa Cup of the Nations final. What What is the feeling of the people right now? Can you actually uh, express to us how the people are feeling? It's been it's been a very sorrowful moment. It's, it's, it's a state of grief, a state of mourning for every single person uh, who gets to know that Christian Atu did more than he just provided on the pitch. On the pitch, he was one of the excellent players to have ever represented the nation. He, he, he just touched the hearts of many to the point that anyone who has come to uh, terms with knowing that Christian Atu died from this unfortunate earthquake in Turkey um, is grieving with uh, the entire nation and the family of Christian Atu. So every single person, not even a single soul, would you hear a negative comment or disregard for uh, the morning of Achu in the right way. And, and, and lastly, when is the burial ceremony and where is it going to be? Well, as it stands now, uh, the government has allowed the family to go sit home, deliberate and then finalize the day and then uh, the date and then the venue where they would want to hold the final funeral rites uh, for uh, Christian Achu. Traditionally, in the Ghanaian community, regardless wherever you come from, the family has the sole right to decide when they would want to hold the final funeral rite. So the government has left it to the family to decide. And then relay the information through the Ghana Football Association and the Ministry of Sports. And once that is confirmed, the government will just make a public announcement so that um, they will take charge of the final funeral rite and make it known to the public where and when Christian Atu would be finally rest. That was Kevin Awusu Ansa uh, at Ghana's TV3 speaking with me from Accra. The Commission Chief of the African Union says the organization is preparing a national reconciliation conference to help Libya restore stability. 
Moussafa Mahamat told the French news agency AFP that AU officials have met with the country's warring parties and are working on a date and place to get together. The talks will be chaired by the AU's point man on Libya, Republic of Congo President Denis Sassou Nguesso. Faki said Libyans must talk to each other as a precondition to elections. Since last March, an administration in eastern Libya led by military leader Khalifa Haftar has challenged the UN-recognized government of Prime Minister Abdul Hamid Dabiba. Planned elections have been postponed over controversial candidates and rules of participation. Earlier this month, the UN mission in Libya announced a coordination mechanism has been set up to clear the country of more than 20,000 foreign fighters. The Atlanta-based nonprofit Carter Center announced 98-year-old former U.S. President Jimmy Carter is receiving hospice care at his home in Plains, Georgia. VOA's Ken Farbo has more. Buffalo, New York native Suzanne Taylor says former President Jimmy Carter's declining health wasn't a surprise to her, but the announcement he was entering hospice care came as a shock. I have to admit that I cried at breakfast. That was a little bit of a wake-up call to me, that we really are uh, going to lose him at some point. Between 2006 and 2019, Taylor was among hundreds of volunteers working alongside Carter and his wife, Rosalind, on their annual Habitat for Humanity work project, building homes around the world for those in need. So many people really appreciate him. He's had such an impact, and it's going to be so hard to uh, close that chapter. It was sad because he has led such an epic American life. Jonathan Alter spent five years writing a biography about Jimmy Carter titled His Very Best that allowed him to interview and observe the former president before his health declined. But when you take stock of his life, He won at life, 98 years, longest lived president, married for close to 77 years. After losing the presidency in a resounding defeat in 1980, Alter believes Carter's increased popularity came through his volunteerism with Habitat for Humanity, his efforts to promote peace and fight neglected tropical diseases through the programs of the Carter Center, and as the voice of a seasoned politician and elder statesman. This is a guy who, even though he was in business and thought about the bottom line plenty in the years before he was president, spent most of his life thinking about what what could he do to improve the lives of other people. And that's still extraordinarily rare. Carter's popularity also increased while traveling the country, autographing and promoting dozens of books he wrote and by hosting crowds at his small church in Plains, Georgia, during his Sunday school lessons. Rosalind and Jimmy are accessible and gracious, and people feel like they really got to know him. Which is why Taylor believes the news of his deteriorating health is that much harder for many to accept. Kane Fairbaugh, VOA News, Chicago. And that wraps up this edition of African News Tonight. I'm Yehiyas Wuhib in Washington. For all the latest development on the continent 24-7, visit our website at voaafrica.com. On behalf of our producer, Mokbilia Baro, and our engineer, Cornelius Tanner, thanks for choosing the Voice of America.
Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, dance this music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music from bobo music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, afrobeat to ndombolo and makosa to kwaito. The African beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 0-9 a.m.